One, two, three. Hallelujah! Clap for the Lord. Amen. Let's all be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Look at your name and say, get your Bible out. Amen. So that's what we need. We need the word. Amen. The word is going to make all the difference in our lives. Let's pray before we get into the word. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for blessing us, Lord, blessing us to be here this morning. We thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you've sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Church said amen. amen. Praise God. All right. Look to your neighbor and say, get your Bible out. Okay. Praise God. Um, so we're going to get into what God has for us, uh, which he's always got something good. And so you always want to come to church expecting, right? Expecting like, man, something good is going to happen. I'm going to get something that I need. Amen. Uh, have you ever been searching for something and then all of a sudden you find it? Doesn't it feel good? Doesn't feel good when you find what you were looking for. Amen. Well, in the body of Christ, we should be looking for God. We should be looking for things from God. We should be looking for God's power. And when we find it, we should rejoice. We should be happy that God has blessed us. And so um, we there. This is a great opportunity to win the masses to Jesus. I'm telling you right now, this thing is happening uh, it's happening around the world. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting how America is still the springboard to the world where the gospel goes out from America to more countries than from a, any other country. And so God has used America to really evangelize the world. But then we come into this place where America needs to be evangelized as well. Amen. And then we take it even further and we say, oh, wait, the church needs to be evangelized. Um, Come on, somebody. There's a lot of people setting up in church today, right now on Sunday, checking off a box, but they're not even saved. Y'all, y'all don't know. That, that should never be that way. Amen. But that's because church become a business and it's all this type of stuff. And then even in people's minds, you know, it's not like a way of life. It's just something that their family does or, or they do, or it's a place that they go to. But we are the church. We are the body of Christ. That's the way Jesus describes the church. And so I'm going to preach this message this morning entitled Magnetic. Magnetic. And there is such a power inside of every believer. Look at your name and say every believer. Every believer. Okay, well, how do you know they're a believer? Well, you'll know them by their fruit. That doesn't say anything about their believer because they said it. Amen. Come on. I mean, people will know you're a believer by what you do and how you live. Well, there is a power inside of every believer. That's that real believer who's decided to live for Jesus. But there's a power of attraction. So let's start out by going to John, John chapter 12, verse 32. And Jesus says this, he says, and if I And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. And so before this, he's basically prepping them for his death. He's prepping them to let them know he's going to die. 
But, you know, he's letting him know he's going to be, you know, raised again and all that. But he's emphasizing something. And, you know, he also says in some of the scriptures preceding this is that unless a corn of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. And so he's letting them know the power of multiplication. And that still stands true today until we each in each of us individually until we die. Amen. Until we let me let me just back this up. Let me find the exact verse. It's, it's up there because I want to give this and then we'll continue on. But John 12, um, it's right before 32. So I don't know where it is, but it's in there. I'm going to get this. And this just says, unless a corn of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. Because, uh, let's see. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, verse 24. Let's read right there. He says, verily, verily, I say unto you except the corn of wheat fall unto the ground and die it abides alone but if it dies look at your name say if it dies okay so that's that's what they're not preaching anymore in christianity they're not preaching you have to die wait how do i get in that pastor oh just go to church no that's not it okay i can't get no amen up in here hey well how do i how do i get in that to that christianity thing you're doing go would you just show up at 10 o'clock no I mean, no, you can show up at 10 o'clock and still not be in this. Amen. You might be in here, but not in this. Amen. Amen. And so in order to get in this, you got to die. Amen. And so this is talking about die to self. And Jesus is letting them know, uh, except the corner uh, of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth how much? Much fruit. And so now this is starting to help you understand uh, the power of multiplication. And then now he explains as we went to our text, just skip down to verse 32. So now he's letting them know I'm about to die, but I'm going to bring forth much fruit. And so what he says is if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And so when you start to look at this, you start to understand he's exp- uh, 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 Talking about a compelling force, amen, a compelling force. Have you guys ever, do you remember playing with magnets when you were a kid? Or maybe, I don't know, you did when you were an adult, I don't know. But I mean, there are some magnets that are strong, right? You, it, it, and it's like, you get close to that thing. If you have something metal and you're even close, and, you know, I can remember as kids, you get them strong magnets and you'd see how you could just drag something to it, you know, just come all the way across the floor. Well, that's a a force. And so Jesus is talking about if I'm lifted up and I said this earlier, but Jesus is enough by itself. And see, people think they got to draw people with uh, musicians, with coffee bars and antics and all this type of stuff. And that's how they got to draw them. But they might be drawing them to the building, but how many know Jesus is more powerful than the building? And, and, and how many know you can't take the building home? Amen. And the building don't come upon you and cause you to quit smoking and drinking and cussing and, uh, and fornicating and watching pornography and all that. That don't come from the building. And Jesus is emphasizing if I be lifted up. So what people have been trying to do in church is they've been trying to be a Christian. That, that's a bad teaching. You can't try to be a Christian unless you fall to the ground and die. You abide alone. And so you can't try to do this. You can't try to be a Christian like you can try to be a good student in school or a good kid or a good. You can't do that. 
You got to die to get into this. And so this was what Jesus was emphasizing because this was supposed to be the way it spread. It was supposed you were supposed to find this out right away. You know, what's interesting about our ministry is, you know, we're a word church. And so we get into the word and we teach all this stuff. But we it seems like we get a lot of people that were already saved or whatever. But then all of a sudden they didn't know all the stuff we teach. And we're like, really? We thought this was normal. You didn't know this? No, I never knew that. That's because people are going on. I'm not just saying we're the only church that teaches the truth, but there is only one truth, just so you know. I, I, I will say this. There is only one truth, and there is one truth that does not change. And so what has happened is people have put an emphasis on things that Jesus never told them to put an emphasis on. And so that's why you almost got to browbeat somebody. Huh? I'm telling you about this power that's in you. You ain't going to, listen, how I many of you ain't going to have to make nobody go to church? People are going to be trying to follow you. Amen? Why? Because of this power. And Jesus is speaking of this compelling force. So what's compelling? Compelling is having a powerful and irresistible effect. How I many know you're supposed to be irresistible? Ah, uh, see, this, this ain't going to be common preaching. You didn't think, you're not supposed to have your unsaved family running from you. Because they all here, here he come with that Bible. He's not supposed to have your co-workers. I'm trying to get hemmed up and have him preach a sermon to me at the water cooler. I'm going to wait till he get his water first and then I'm going to slide up in there. Come on, man. Huh? Do you understand the unsaved world does not care about how many Bible verses you know? You up in there talking about, you know, well, in the book of John, they don't know nothing about no book of John. Amen. And so we are trying. And then this is people when they really, you know, they they call themselves really pressing in. Now you become like a super Christian. You're just like the super Christian guy that's, you know, uh, every time you get around somebody. You got to bring up Jesus. I just got to you. Um, and you're plotting, right? You're plotting. You, you, you with him and maybe you just met him. And then you're plotting in your mind. You think, okay, Jesus, how are we going to get you into this? You think he needs you to help him get into the conversation. You see what I'm saying? Jesus is saying, if I be lifted up. So that, that basically means I'm, I'm good enough by myself. What I really need from y'all is you just follow me too. Amen. Amen. And so he says, I will draw. And so that compelling force that is having a powerful and irresistible effect requiring acute admiration. See, people will admire Jesus and they will. Y'all ready for this? They will admire the Jesus in you. If the Jesus in you be the real Jesus. Amen. And so I know that there's a lot of this pushing. Well, you know what, man, if you're a Christian, you're going to have a lot of haters. Okay, we've been hearing that for years. But how many know you're going to have a lot of people that admire you, too? And, and I've found that, man, there are a lot of people that will admire godly behavior. They look up to it and, and it encourages them. And so uh, it's having a powerful and irresistible effect requiring acute admiration, attention or respect. I mean, when you really walking with God. You never have to tell anybody to respect you. Amen. Oh, y'all, y'all. Amen. 
If you got to tell your wife, no, you're going to respect me. You're not walking with God. Because the power of God should be on you in such a way she can't resist it. Oh, I can't get an amen up in here. Uh, she, man, she can't help but respect you because you are walking in such a power. But see, you're not going to do that if you still, you know, haven't died to self. Amen. You're still, you know, trying to do your own thing and have your own way and all this type of stuff. Amen. And so this is imagine this. Jesus, like I could tell you for myself. I was not going to be impressed by a person. I've met so many people that tell me, we, we do it today. People like to, you know, share their accolades. For me, I don't care. Why? Because you tell me you got this money, that money. You going to give me some or you just what? Because, I mean, I ain't getting none of that. You talking about how much you got. But are you telling me because you ready to peel me off some? But if you're not ready to peel nothing off, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, you got this kind of car, this kind of, what, you trying to sew a car? You trying to sew a, you trying to sew a vehicle or something? I mean, you see what I'm saying? That really don't matter. It's stuff that people hide behind. But really, it's Jesus. And so Jesus says, I'm going to draw. He's going to compel people. He's the one that's going to do it. Now, this word draw means it's by inward power, also by divine impulse, by inward power, by divine impulse. I'm telling you, I'm preaching some stuff, man. If you guys grab a hold of this, you'll just all you got to do is just be around people. And all of a sudden, something's going to be come on. The magnet is kicking in and they being pulled and drawn. See, I'm, I don't I don't argue with nobody. Because. For me, I believe if what I got is real, you're going to see it. I ain't got to prove nothing to you. Because if I got to prove something to you, it ain't me. It ain't real and it ain't working in me like it should. I would say it is me. If I got to prove it, it's me and not him. But Jesus says, if I be lifted up. And so I've had many encounters in my life where I'm not even trying to talk to people. I'm not even trying to engage and all of a sudden, they're drawn. Why, why are they drawn? They're not drawn because, you know, I'm just, man, such a cool. I am a pretty cool brother. I'm just saying. But, you know, that, I'm, you know what I'm saying. But that ain't why they're drawn to me. <laughs> right? It's Jesus. And he's doing the drawing. Amen? And so go to John now. John 6, 44. John 6, 44. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me, what? Draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. And so what he's saying is it's going to be the Father. So sometimes we just got to accept the fact that it's God doing this. And it's not me. It's not us. We are vessels, but the power is not us. We're not the power. The power is flowing through us. Let's look at this in the Amplified. Amplified Classic on this. No one is able to come to me unless the father who sent me attracts. Y'all in here with me. How many know that people, God will attract people. Has that ever happened to you in your life where all of a sudden you felt like your desires changed? Right? I always tell people all the time, whenever, if you're wasting time trying to quit something, I'm going to quit smoking, I'm going to quit drinking, I'm going to quit. That's all mental ascent. 
That's just you becoming a better you. That's you doing whatever you can do. But when God gets in there and God changes you, that's because that power is, listen, I'm going to tell you one thing. The closer you get to God, the further away you will be from other things. Because that force is too powerful. You can't be in the presence of God and still desire to do all these crazy things. Amen. That's why it's somewhat of a travesty when people uh, make excuses. Oh, that's okay, brother. God understands your heart and he knows, you know what? Hey, this happens with men a lot. You know, he knows we're men. You know, man, you know, men are this way, men are that way. What's that got to do with this compelling force? You mess around and come close enough to this. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. The stuff that ain't right is going to fall off. Oh, come on, somebody, because this power is way more powerful than whatever you think you have. But that's a matter of us saying, you know what? It's going to be God that is drawn. So no one is able to come to me unless the father who sent me attracts and draws him and gives him. Now, look at this. Who gives this desire? See, have you ever don't don't tell on yourself, but you you didn't say, I just don't want to do wrong anymore. Ah, man. I just got to, you know, I got to change. Y'all, anybody? He's, I got to change, man. I got to I gotta quit doing this. And have you ever said, I'm going to quit doing something? And then then you find yourself saying it again. Well, next week, because yeah. next week's for sure. I mean, this is my last week. <laughs> and some of y'all take it even further. You be talking about, this is my last month. <laughs> man, you're going to give yourself a whole month? Hallelujah. Dang. Well, but it's God, so it's, and, and what's important is us as Christians, this is the type of message we need to be sharing. Hey, man, don't worry about it. It's going to be God that does it. It's not going to be me. It's not going to be you. It's not going to be your 12 steps. It's not going to be because, you know, you got rid of all your, your, your uh, thugged out friends that you had. They ain't going to be because of that. Amen. Huh? Right. You know what I'm saying? It ain't, listen, you got to follow the Holy Spirit, so... Sometimes he changes your associations and, you know, all that type of stuff. But guess what? He also tells us to go out to the highways and byways. So guess what? Your thugged out friends got to get saved, too. Right. And so you just got to be in that place where you're yielded and surrendered. And then now God's power will flow through you. And you're not putting the expectation on yourself. You're putting it on him. It's the father. Like Jesus said, it's the father that does the work. And so It's the father who will attract people. And he says, and draws him and gives him the desire to come to me. And so that's God, the father, giving others the desire to even come to Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so what does this mean? If God don't give them the desire, I ain't going to be able to convince them. Amen. Amen. If God don't give them the desire, I'm not going to be able to convince them. And see, some of you might be praying for your loved ones and you're like, man, they need to get this. And so, you you know, you're like, I'm praying for them, but I'm going to just try to remind them. I'm going to put a sticky note on the mirror to remind them to read their Bible. They're not reading the Bible because of no sticky note. Amen. I'm just going to call them and tell them to come to church today. They're not coming because of that. What you need to be praying is that the father draws them Amen. is that because now once the father starts to draw them, 
they're not going to be able to resist. Just like you couldn't resist. See, nobody was going to make me get saved. I was too stubborn, too hard-headed. Nobody was about to make me sit down and listen. Listen, nobody would have made me sit down and listen to me. (laughs) Somebody like me up here preaching, the old me, I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have been just standing there listening to me. <laughs> but if the Father draws you, come on, how many know that changes things? Uh, matter of fact, the old me would have said, one thing you're never going to do is be preaching to no people. But if the Father draws you, then all of a sudden this thing takes over. And see, you won't be able to keep all the old things that were a part of you if you understand, unless a corn of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it's going to bring much fruit. And so when that happens, then now something new springs forth. And then you find yourself like, wow, I, man, my desires have, have changed. That's why I say, you know, some people say it's hard to be a Christian. Not if you die. Why is it so hard? You, that means you're still trying to be you and, and wear a Christian T-shirt. There's another thing. People don't care about no Christian. And the non-saved don't even know what that, cre- that T-shirt means. Amen. Amen? But they could see the power of God manifesting in your life. And that's what the church is lacking today. That's why you got this generation. Uh, parents. Let me just get on you on this. Not, I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm trying to just tell you the truth. So if you don't have a standard that you repping, you know, this is my words. If you're not 100, so you rocking a standard, right? You're like, bam. Just like when we was in the streets, we knew when somebody was fake. Why? Because all we got to do is turn up the heat. Turn up the heat, the real you going to come out. And so sometimes as a parent, you're trying to run that Christian thing until the heat comes at you. And when the heat gets turned up, what you doing? You ain't acting saved. Y'all don't want this. Oh, you're not acting saved. Why? Because now the heat didn't got too close and now you manifesting. Now you flashing. Now you wonder why the kid don't want to get saved. Because you've been telling them what they need to do and what they don't, they should not be doing, but you haven't been modeling it out before them. Amen. You have not been an example. You have not been demonstrating. And see, that I, I that was very important to me because I wasn't faking the world. So I'm like, well, God, if you're real, you're going to have to show me. But I was able to show a standard of consistency. And so if you don't do that, then now those that were looking at you, they're going to think negatively about your God who you committed to. You go to that church. You're always over there at that church. You're always in that Bible. You're always doing that churchy stuff. You know, but seems like you're always broke. You're still broke. Seem like, you know, you are at the house. Boy, they sure don't know. They know you at the church, but they don't know you like we know you. People be talking about turn the cameras off. No, leave them on. Come on, somebody. Don't turn off the cameras when you're flashing. Leave them on. 
And then you ought to look back at those cameras and say, really? I went off like that? See, now you're being a bad witness. Now, why does that happen? Because people misunderstand Christianity. Jesus says, if I be lifted up, I'm going to draw. And so for me, it's like, God, you got to do this. Because I'm not trying to put on no front. Half the people, I, I don't even like half the people I meet. I'm, I'm being honest. The reason that is, the reason that is like that for me is, is, is I got a jive radar. And so the jive radar goes off quick. Beep, 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 beep. Fraud, fraud alert, fraud alert. And, and so for me, I don't like a lot of the people I meet. I try, I'm not, I'm, yeah. Don't judge me up here because I wouldn't care anyway. But that's the truth, man, because I don't like fake people. I don't get it. I'm like, why are you fronting, man? Just be you. Don't be playing no games with me. Don't be talking about hallelujah. You don't know, get out of here with that. Just be yourself. Well, when you could do that, see, that's what Jesus does. Jesus will change you to where you don't have to be careful who you might meet. Come on. Because, you know, you know, you could run into. Have y'all ever done that? You run into somebody you weren't expecting to see them. Well, what if they caught you at a bad day? Come on, what if you was in the grocery store and you going down aisle three and here come Pastor Troy right down aisle three? You going to be good with what you got in your cart? Amen. Oh, yeah. oh hey, Pastor. <laughs> what you doing all that for? Right? You shouldn't be nervous. I mean, because I'm like, if that's what you do, go ahead. At least, you know, do it. That's what, at least I know that's what you're rolling with. Amen. But if you would just understand it's God's power doing it all. I listen, I never try to prepare to meet anyone. Because there's nothing for me to change into or nothing for me. I'm just going to be who I am. But that's because I understand the power of dying itself and letting God lift me up. And so this is what we have to emphasize. And so now when you're trying to be a witness to others, just remember, it's going to have to be the father that draws them. And so it's good that we pray for people. You could pray for people. That's a good thing. But just don't ever try to force them to get into what you into, because that's never going to work because it's going to be the father that attracts them and gives them the desire. And so the kingdom is accessed by the free will of man. Give me all some nuggets today. The kingdom is accessed by the free will of man. So go to Revelations, uh, Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and sup with him, meaning I'm going to dine with him, I'm going to stay with him and he with me. And so we cannot force anyone to open the door. Y'all in here with me. We cannot force anyone to open the door. And we cannot push people into the kingdom. Sometimes parents try to do that. Now, here, let me, let me give you some guidelines. You do have instructions from God where you train your kids, right? You train them up. You know, me and my wife had standards. We say, hey, uh, you know what? 
you're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. Amen. I mean, no, you can't be talking about, well, they, they just got to make up their own mind. No, no. I, uh, I run this over here. And so they can make up their own mind when they get their own address. I, oh, I can't get no amens up in there. And so, and see, when you get your own address, then you can make up your own mind. And so you say, oh, you don't want to go to church on Sunday. Okay, cool. What's your address? Because I'm going to mail you the rest of your stuff. I, I can get, you want me to send UPS? I'll mail it right to you. Because you got to have a standard, right? So me and my wife, we stay true to this. My, you can ask my kids to this day. Not one of them, while living in my house, was allowed to have a job on Sunday. They was not allowed to be in no sports program on Sunday. They was, listen, you're going to go to church. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And you can track it. You can look back all these years. That's what we did. Why? Because as a parent, I have a responsibility. I have a responsibility to establish a standard. Now, I can't make them say, but how many know you live with me? You don't have to be saved to go to church. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I didn't know I was getting into this. I know we're in the age of freedom for children. Uh, You must let them be individuals. Yeah, let them be individuals and pay their own rent. That's when you are really an individual. You know what? It's your house. Get up when you want to. But this ain't your house. Amen. And so, listen, the reason you want to do that, because you got to have a standard established. And so. Yes, me and my wife, we we shared Jesus with our kids and, and we said the sinner's prayer with them. We helped them with stuff like that. But. Them following the rules that we set is not based on them being saved or not. Amen. Amen. And so it doesn't it didn't matter to us. Like it's I don't believe in that no more. Well, you still coming because this is my house and it's what we do. Well, then that's going to be good because that's going to carry them into their lives. Right. But if you compromise early, uh, some well, some of y'all been around here, man, my my son used to play football. And we had Wednesday night practice. I told the coach, I said, hey, bro, we're going to have to leave early on Wednesday. Oh, no, because we got, oh, no, no, we'll be gone at uh, whatever time it took. And me and Brother Lee was doing it together. But it was like we would be hightailing it here to church. But our kids were the basically the captains of the whole team. Guess what we told the coach? Hey, man, uh, yep, about that time. We'll see y'all later. Y'all finish this up. Oh, you're going to ruin their chance. Their chances for what? Think that think about this. If you compromise, and I'm not planning on getting into all this parental stuff, but if I compromise and I allow that child to do whatever they want to do because they're scheduled. So let's say they got baseball on Sundays and I say, okay, go ahead. Because what? I don't want them to miss their opportunity to get a scholarship. But what if they get a scholarship? And then what if they go pro? How long is that really going to last? Amen. Because once they get in their 30s and their whatever, they're not at some point they're going to fall back on Jesus. But if you compromise now, you got them something that you could get them. But what they need is what God will give them. Right. So. 
for me, that was really big, you know, when my son and all this time, oh, man, all the kids are doing seven on sevens on Sunday. You're not doing that. Oh, Dad, but I need, nope. Why? Because scholarships and stuff don't mean nothing to me. Why would my kid have a scholarship and end up bankrupt and dried up on his way to hell at age 32? Because you're not going to get no foundation without putting in time and effort. So kids are built up and established with foundation because of consistency. And they develop that and they understand that. But then now if the parents is lackluster, then guess what? The kid's going to see that. Now, if you think that there's going to be some magical way where all of a sudden God's going to supernaturally get a hold of your kid and transform them and all that stuff, and you're not even putting down no authority on that kid, you're living a pipe dream. Because God's the one that told you to train them up in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart. Amen? And so that's just a little side note. So we didn't do that. We didn't compromise in that. Nope. You're going to church. My wife told, you know, we, we decide she's going to start working and everything after our kids are all. Oh, yeah, but ain't going to be no working on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Some some parents today, let them know we have to because we have to survive. That's why you're surviving. Because you're not in the blessing. When you get in the blessing, you don't survive. You thrive. And you'll never do right by God and come up short. You'll never do right by God and come up short. People, they don't do right by God, and so they keep coming short every time. And guess what? Now you got a life of coming up short when you could be walking in the blessing and God's power prevailing in your life. Amen? And so we don't have to compromise to have success. Now, I've said all that. That was just extra for, you know, parents. Hey, get on these kids, you know, have a structure to your house. You know what I'm saying? Another thing is husbands. Let's be the models, the examples. Let's go ahead and represent. We can't tell our wives to go to church if we don't go. You know what I'm saying? If you are into this and your husband don't go, pray for him. You know, I told you guys about that example with the the young lady who used to come and save the sea. Well, she saw her husband in there going to church. And so we can take on this thing, but we've all got to be committed to it. And so um, once again, we can't force anyone to come in uh, to we can't force anyone to open their hearts to Jesus. We can't push them into the kingdom. But here's what I want to get to. Instead, we live the kingdom in front of them. So that's what I did with my kids. I live the kingdom in front of them so that now they would have a firsthand example of what this looks like my kids they don't even know the old me and I used to be a pretty terrible person I was nice I had some respect I learned to respect adults and stuff like that from my mom and we had some you know we came up in that generation we weren't just allowed to talk back and do all that type of stuff but how I many know that that was not enough to change me from doing these other things Amen. that I chose to do with my free will yeah. well I never wanted my kids to see that They never did. Well, because by the time they came along, I had already died. And I was bringing forth a different kind of fruit. Amen. Well, that was not because of me. That was because of God. That was because of God's power. And so what we want to do is we have to look at ourselves and say, hey, I, I have to be a good example of the kingdom. 
But what you ought to do is you ought to be in a place where you say, I can't do this on my own. Well, then Jesus said, I know you can't. That's why you die to self. And now I'm going to come on you. And now I'm going to move and do these great things through your life. So instead of us pushing people, trying to get them to go to Jesus, we live the kingdom in front of them. Go to Romans now. Romans 14, 17. Well, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So this is what the kingdom is. So let me break this down for you. This was coming after uh, people saying, you know, don't eat this, don't eat that. And, and, and basically Paul is saying, look, you don't want to cause anyone to stumble. So don't offend them. If you go to someone's house and you know what, they don't eat meat and they make you a meal and they make you a meal that's got um, like, you know, whatever, a vegetarian meal or something like that. Uh, don't be coming up in there with some ribs. You know what I'm saying? You're invited to dinner and you said, no, well, I know they don't eat me, so I'm going to roll up in there with my ribs and I'm going to sit down and enjoy these ribs with that meal. You can't do that. Respect their house. They don't eat meat. Then you sit down and eat what they got. That's what it means. Don't cause somebody to stumble. So if that's offensive to them, it's just like when I went to India, they have some different stuff than, than what we do. And, and in India, they'll just they'll give you and everything's got that curry. I don't even like curry. I just honestly, I don't like it. But I'm talking about they got curry breakfast, curry lunch. I mean, curry dinner. A curry dessert. I mean, everything, every time you eat, it's going to be curry. And another thing they do is when they serve you, they honor you. and they But they stand over you. And so they put it on your plate. And then, <laughs> and they're just watching you like, oh, man. <sighs> Maybe if I spread this out, <laughs> spread it around, it's going to look like... <laughs> But you can't get away from it. And now you don't want to disrespect him. You don't want to tell him, I don't like this, man. This is jacking up my stomach. I don't want this. You just got to. And so that's what he's talking about. That's what that scripture is talking about. You're not going to cause somebody to stumble. But this is not about all these rules and regulations that people have that are calling themselves Christians. You know, there's so many rules. There's so many like old school things that you can't do this. You can't do that and all that type of stuff. Well, this is not talking about rules, regulations, traditions. You know, can't eat this or that. Can't wear this or that. Come on, y'all. You, you heard some of this stuff. You just And some of this stuff is in church. It's like, I mean, you, know, you have some people, some old church mothers wearing these long dresses. And I'm talking about. That thing's so long, you can't see their shoes, so we don't know if they're floating or walking. We don't know what they're doing. <laughs> but it's that same old church mother. Come on, somebody that is mean. I'm talking about mean as what? You got kids scared of Scared of her. Amen. But she got the rules down, right? She got the traditions down. There are certain people wear certain things. Oh, you can't, can't wear shorts to church. What if that's all you got? I'm just saying. I'm just wondering. If that's all you got is shorts, and we're talking about you can't wear it. Your, so what are we going to do? If somebody show up over here with shorts on, what are we going to say? So sorry, sir. But they might let you in over there. Now, I wear a suit when I preach just because of 
coming from where I come from. I respect and honor my pastor. I'm under that anointing. But that don't mean you got to wear one. That don't mean I'm going to be all up on you like, where's your suit? (laughs) Really, you just, where's your suit? I don't have any suits. See, that's your problem. You have no faith. You just uh, you ain't got enough faith to get you a suit. <laughs> you see what I mean? Those, what do those things matter? Think about it. What is that? That's not the kingdom. I'm going to walk around because I got a suit on. I'm kingdom. But I'll tell you guys something. I don't wear a suit every day. I only wear it on Sundays. And so if you see me during the week, chances are, I'm going to have on some type of T-shirt with a Nike cap, some Nike shoes. Come on, somebody. But guess what? I, I'm still kingdom, though. Oh, don't, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. I'm still king. And I, and I might be rocking them flippers. Y'all, you know, y'all bought me them slides. I might be rocking the slides because I've been delivered. You know what I'm saying? You know, I ain't scared of nobody no more. So, I can, you know, I ain't worried about no friction. So I can wear slides. But how many know I'm still kingdom, though? Why? Because the king, oh, y'all don't know. Man, you understand this is so powerful. You could pray over somebody, get them delivered, lead them to Jesus. And you don't need to have on no priestly garment. Come on, you don't need to have on no holy clothes. I'm talking about you could have just throw something on. You was planning to run to the store real quick. And guess what? You got a a divine appointment. And so you could cast out a devil. Come on, in some shorts and slides. Y'all understand this? So this is what this scripture is saying. It's not meat and drink and all this stuff. It's not about all this, you can't do this and you can't do You know how many religions there are? They don't even eat certain meats. They want to argue you down on that. So, brother, you know. Well, you know. At my church... We don't eat chicken. Hey, brother, I surely ain't going to none of y'all's picnics because I got to have some chicken. I'm not going to your barbecue. Nobody wants to show up at your picnic. You don't eat nothing good. <laughs> Amen. Shoot, man, at our church, we, man, we eat everything. We enjoy it. We got some chefs up in here, man. But, but does that make me... You know what I'm saying? Does that make me like holy or something? If I'm like, you know, I'm just, I don't want nobody to see me with this big old plate. Man, I'm getting that plate. I, you know, I'm a little offended at pastor because he ate three plates. I sure did. (laughs) Now, I mean, I go to the gym, but I don't go to the gym because I need to be kingdom. That's just something I do. Amen. So, you know what I'm saying? I might eat and I'm going to go to the gym. But I only do that because that's what God's, you know, I, that's something I like to do. But that don't mean. Um, so what I'm trying to emphasize is it doesn't matter, man, what you look like. There's some people, they can't respect somebody. They got too many tattoos. He surely can't be saved. Some of the most powerful people. You know why? Because some of the most powerful people in the kingdom of God today came out of something. Amen. And that's why they're so fiery. That's why they're so on fire for God today because they came out of something. It's the stiff ones that grew up in church and been playing. They learn 
the, to act like the church mama. They learned all that stuff, but they didn't get no real power and they're not effective for the kingdom of God. Amen. But the real soldiers are the ones that have been radically transformed. And guess what? When you're radically transformed like that, you don't look down on others. See, even today, I could go around all kind of people. I don't look down on them. I'm not going like, you know, uh, looking down like they're less than me or something. You know what I'm saying? If I'm in a, in a place and somebody's, you know, they, I don't look at them. Like me and Brother Gary was witnessing out at our picnic when we had it. But the young man, that brother had tattoos everywhere. I was like, we, he was trying to get some of them removed. But I'm like, dang, that's a slow process because they ain't really removed too much. But, but he, he had them everywhere. But it didn't really affect us. And we was able to pray, and he had recently got saved, but we was able to pray, and, and God used us to lead his wife, and she got saved right there. But we weren't moved by that, because what does that really matter? Yes. Amen? And, and you know what's not going to work with people out there is you start telling them a bunch of stuff that they need to stop doing before they get Jesus. That's the worst thing you can do to your friends, family. Hey, man, see, that's your problem. You need to quit all that drinking. No, they need to get saved. And it's going to be the Holy Ghost that says, you're going to stop this or that. All you got to do is get them to Jesus. Jesus is enough by himself. Amen. And that magnetic attraction, see, we want to welcome people and not repel them. But I tell you what, people are really, really, really looking for power in this day. They're looking for evidence. So it's not all these rules, regulations, it's evidence and power. And like the scripture said, the kingdom of heaven is, is not in meat and drink, but in power, uh, love and joy and the Holy Ghost. But it's talking about that righteousness, that peace. And so what I'm supposed to be demonstrating in my life as a Christian, y'all ready for this, is righteousness. And so I'm supposed to be an upstanding citizen. Amen. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm not supposed to be shady. How many know that? All these shady Christians, man, they're shady. I just listen. I'll tell you guys something. It's a rule that I have developed over my years. I will not hire you to do work for me. Let's say you got to fix something in my house. I, that, that little Christian thing, on that don't mean nothing. I will disqualify you. Matter of fact, I had to get delivered because we got jacked by a Christian. And so I said, if they saved, I'm not hiring them. <laughs> I ain't working with no more Christians, man. Then give me a heathen. I need a heathen that knows how to fix stuff. Because I don't want to be paying. We, I ain't hire you to come over here for no prayer meeting. I need you to fix my toilet. Because I have some Christians, man, that don't know what they're doing. There's a lot of Christians. That's why, to me, you don't need to do that. If you like, let's say you're whatever type of business you are, you don't need to just plaster Jesus across the side of your truck. You need to let Jesus be radiating from your heart so that now when you shake a hand, you walk in the door, they experience the kingdom. See? That's what should be happening. Amen. And so um, it's that righteousness, peace. I mean, no, there should be evidence of peace in your life. This is what the king, I'm talking about the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but this is what it is. And you ought to have this righteousness and peace. It says, and peace. And so what does this mean? I should be calm. You understand? You ought not be the most uptight one. 
as a Christian. You ought to be the one that has a little more patience. People ought to tell you, man, it seems like you have a lot of patience. Any of y'all? Anybody told you that lately? Well, I was around somebody that they said that about, but it wasn't me. But this is evidence of God's power. Like my kids, they'll tell me, especially Deja, she tells me. But I said, Dad, you have a lot of patience. Well, I had no patience in the past. In the unsaved, my unsaved life, zero. I'm this no patience. And I wanted it done my way and all. I had no patience, but I'm able to live a different way. Be like, oh, man, it seems like you're so calm. Well, what happened? I didn't work my way up to this. Amen. This is what God did. But now that but isn't that what he says the kingdom is? So if I'm living the kingdom in front of people, they should see that I'm patient. They should see I'm not easily agitated. Y'all in here with me. People that you're easily agitated, irritated. Ah, That's not kingdom, though. But this is what he said. The kingdom is not your rules. And so it's like, yeah, I could wear a suit on Sundays. But if I'm flashing and arguing with everybody on Monday, what is my witness? And who am I looking good for? Just you guys. Well, you guys should already be saved. And so that's what we end up doing in church is we do things to impress other church people. But they already they already saved. So why we got to impress them? It should be something that is impacting the unsaved world. That's how we should be living our lives. Amen. And so this righteousness, peace and then joy. I mean, are you supposed to be full of joy? Oh, yeah. But, you know, I didn't get that much sleep. Well, that ain't kingdom. I'm just telling you that the Bible didn't say nothing about um, you're going to be. You should have a lot of joy as long as you get your eight hours. And it said that it said this is a result of the kingdom. Uh, the, the kingdom of God is not all the stuff that you think it is. The kingdom of God is not your bumper sticker. It's not your Christian T-shirt. The kingdom of God is evidence. It's power that can be seen by the unsaved world. That is what the kingdom is. And so that somebody who's not in your kingdom, they will be drawn and compelled to leave their kingdom of darkness and join in with your kingdom of light. Yeah. You're not going to win them by quoting the Bible on them. You're going to win them by exposing them to the kingdom. And then it says that it's righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And so the church was built on radical transformation. Y'all understand that? I'm talking about the church, the church that we're a part of. We're all a body of believers. But this all started in the book of Acts. And who was God using? He was using some people who were, man, it, took, it needed to be a miracle to change that one. I mean, come on. But that's what God wanted the world to know about his church. That radical transformation is what's going to cause this thing to grow. And so the church was built on radical transformation and Holy Ghost power. Not like it is today. Some people... You, you can't even say Holy Ghost. Come on, y'all. 
How many times do you hear the Holy Ghost in church? You don't hear that that often. Amen. If you hear anything, you might say, they might say, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit of God. But the church was built on radical transformation and Holy Ghost power. And so when it's radical transformation, you are not the same person that you used to be. How many know Paul was not backsliding? Paul was not like, oh, you know what? I'm getting better. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kill less Christians this weekend than I No. He was radically transformed. And guess what? That was contagious. And people saw that. They wanted to get a hold of that. And so it's not like it is today where it's this powerless Christianity that everybody's pushing. Oh, just try Jesus, man. Just, you know, give him a try. I'm trying to persuade you to try this. I'm not. It's not like I'm selling something like this. This, I, this is a power that will consume everything. It's going to consume your life. And so what we want to do is be those people that are expressing the need for this real power. Go to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 5. And so 2 Timothy 3, 5, NLT says they act religious. You ever met any of those people? They act religious. Have you guys, don't tell them nobody, but have you known at least one or two people maybe a relative or something like that, that they know some Christian sayings. They know like a couple little things, but they don't really act saved. Huh? You, you ever heard? They said a little couple Christian things and it's like, you know what I'm saying? They, they know how to say. And then I've heard even some of them be talking about favor, favor. Y'all heard them talking about favor, you know. Not favor. But they don't know the whole scripture. He'll surround the righteous with favor as with a shield. Come on, somebody. Not just you, just because you, you know. And this is, y'all don't mind me just expressing some of this stuff, but I just find it funny. Sometimes people, they just be one, they just, they find out I'm a pastor. And so all of a sudden they're trying to like connect with some association. It's like. That doesn't really matter to me. They find out I'm a pastor, so they're, oh, yeah, 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 my grandma, you know, she used to go to a church over there on uh, 43rd and do the whoop de whoop. And, like, what does that got to do with me? It doesn't mean anything to me, right? And, and you're telling me all these family members are saved, but how about you? What you working with? Oh, no, I grew up in a church. How many know you grew up, but now you're an adult? You got to make some decisions. And, and, and you got to choose this day whom you're going to serve, right? And so they will act religious, but that, this is what's going on. This is going on in churches. That's why the church itself needs to be evangelized. This is a shame that I would say this, but it's almost like you can go and stand out in front of a church and witness to people. Wow. Are we coming to that? Are we coming to the place where we might have to start standing in front of churches and witnessing to them? Give your life to Jesus. We're uh, pleading with you. Run to the cross. And you will be surprised that you will have so many people run to the cross. But they just came out of a church service. And they've been going to the church. But you know what? They act religious, but they will reject 
This is what they're doing. They will reject the power that could make them godly. And so when we reject the Holy Ghost, people do not have a chance to become godly. None of you guys can live this life I'm talking about without the power of the Holy Ghost. You will not make it. You will not be able to live this life I'm preaching about without the power of the Holy Ghost. There is no other answer. And so they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. And what does it say? Stay away from people like that. So we got a lot of that going on. And I'm just saying, I believe God wants to change it. I believe God wants to change this hypocrisy because power and evidence is what's going to bring change. Amen. We're going to close in a moment, but I want you, I'm going to, uh, go to Acts, Acts chapter 19. I'll paraphrase this, but I'll get down towards the end because it's 11 through 20. So read that in your own time. But Acts chapter 19, 11 through 20 NLT. And so what's going on in this story? We know that uh, matter of fact, we'll read verse 11, though. God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. Now, wait, who was Paul? Any of y'all know him? Yes. Do any of you guys know anybody in your family or you heard about somebody that's worse than Paul? If you say yes, then I'm going to challenge you to study Paul. Study his life. Because I ain't met nobody like that. You might have some, some, come on somebody, some, some radical, you know, gangster people or whatever you know about. But most of the time, they were not killing people just because they believe in Jesus. They might have been taking them out because they want, you know, to, to gain what they had. But this man was shutting down the church. I'm talking about dragging women and children. He was ordering them to be just drugged through the streets. Slammed in jail. Ordering them to be beheaded. And, and you know what I'm saying? This, this is some crazy stuff. But does this say God gave Paul, what did he give him? But who's Paul? Oh, see, it's radical transformation and then evidence. God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. Next verse. So that when handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin. Y'all, are y'all okay with this? You tell me, wait, wait a minute. But see... I don't I haven't even finished reading the New Testament. It don't matter. We'll need you to finish the whole New Testament to have power. We need you to just surrender. Amen. And so when handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed. Y'all y'all in here with me? They were healed of their diseases. And what's it say? And evil spirits were expelled. So wait, are you telling me that? There was, that's like me pulling out a pocket square or something. And I can just throw it on somebody. Matter of fact, that it's actually deeper than this. I pull out a pocket square, give it to you. You go off to another place, take the pocket square, throw it on somebody. They get healed and demons run out. And God put that kind of power on somebody that was murdering the church. But we worried about, you can't wear shorts? No, no. Don't, you know what, don't, don't be wearing, you know, don't wear this, don't wear that. 
Rules that came from where? Hmm? That it's rules that don't matter. Amen? And then trying to tell people you got to be, you know, you didn't clean up before you. And that's people's mistake they make. Well, I, I'm a, you know, I'm going to go to church after I, you know what I'm saying? I got, you know, I'm still got a few things I got to get together. You know what I mean? I don't want to be no hypocrite. You're already a hypocrite. Everybody knows that. You might as well just be honest with God and reach out and receive that help. And so that's what he did to Paul. And so now Paul was known, but he was not known for his old self. He was known for the power that was manifesting in his life. He was known for evidence. And as a result, now this power is going along. And y'all know the story where, you know, the, these, they used to have people that were calling themselves exorcists and all this type of stuff. But they're trying to cast out stuff. But then now they come upon this possessed man and says, you know, they're trying to use the name of Jesus, but they have no relationship with Jesus. And so not only did the demon not come out, but he jumped. Well, he did, but he jumped on them and overpowered them and they got beat up. We know that story. But everybody sees this. And so my point bringing that up today is that this unsaved world is attracted to power. They're attracted to evidence. You will become more attractive to the unsaved world the more genuine you become with Christ. When you become genuine with Christ, you will attract the unsaved world. You will attract people to you that you don't have to browbeat them or convince them. They're just going to want what you have because it's something they are being compelled to to want to join in. And that's a genuineness that happens when someone yields themselves over. Amen. And so just skip down to verse maybe 18 of this text and then I'm going to close. And so they did all this stuff. And uh, all of a sudden you had all these people that were sorcerers and doing all this witchcraft and all this stuff. They came and they confessed their sins. Wait, unsaved people? Because they saw power demonstrated. Unsaved people came and confessed their sins. We didn't even ask them to do that. They confessed their sins Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. Stop right there. How many of y'all ready for that to happen? Amen. Well, you got homosexuals, lesbians, and all that. You don't have to argue and fight with them. See, that's what we think. We got to go fight them. I need to prove you wrong. I'm going I'm to tell you your way of this is wrong. No, no, no. I'm going to demonstrate kingdom right in front of you. And guess what? Those demons that are binding you. Come on, somebody. They're going to start to tremble. They're going to start to get nervous. They're going to start to get. See, we don't have to condone their behavior. And we don't have to condemn them. What we need to do is represent kingdom in front of them. And that's because I'm telling you right now, I'll lay hands on a, 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 a transvestite. I don't care in the name of Jesus. Come on. I'll lay hands on him with the wig and the dress and the heels, the drag queen. I'll lay hands right there. And let the pot, because you know what ain't going to get him saved? Me picketing and protesting. Oh, you got a lot of picketers and protesters out there in the world today. Ain't getting nobody saved. Picketing and protesting. 
We're standing out picketing and protesting, trying to shut down organizations. How about you just start catching some people after they come out the store? Hey, I just want to see if you know Jesus and just let the power of God start to flow through. I'm not into that. I'm not into picketing and protesting. I'm, I'm into releasing power into the unsaved world. I'm into demonstrating kingdom in front of people uh, because that's what Jesus did. You'll never find in the Bible where Jesus stood out there with a picket sign. Not one time. Instead, he sat down with the sinners and the publicans and ate with them, broke bread with them. And guess what? The power that was on him compelled them. Man. What happens when this starts to flow in the earth? People are compelled. See, that's the problem. We can't have effective witnessing because we're looking down on people. What if God said, man, go right up there to them. You be talking about them. Lord, can you send me to some, can you send me to someone else? A nice little family. He might send you up to somebody who's having a conversation and it's just them. And they are talking to themselves. He may tell you, why don't you go engage in their conversation? (laughs) What happened when Jesus showed up with the madman from Gadara? This man had legions of demons in him. What did Jesus do? Well, I ain't going to him. Amen. You see, I'm talking about this power. This is how we're going to take over the world. And we got to be ready for this. We got to be excited about this. So many who became believers, confessed their sinful practices. And, and it says, a number of them who had brought, have been practicing sorcery. So, I mean, no, that's a little bit further than just unsaved. You're practicing witchcraft. So a number of them that, who have been practicing sorcery brought their incanta- incantation books, their little spell books, and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books was several million. You see that? So the message about the Lord spread widely and had what? What kind of power has to be on you to where you have witches coming and confessing their sinful practices and taking their in? incantation books to their spell books and burning them that were worth millions of dollars. But we still think that we got to have a rock wall. We got to have a coffee shop. We got to have all these things to get people saved. That's why the church on a global scale right now is lacking in power. But I believe that the power is returning to the church. Amen. I believe that the power of the kingdom is returning to the church. How many of y'all ready to walk around here with a magnetic attraction? Come on, anybody in here? Well, you ready to just say, okay, Lord, put that thing on me. And you're ready to walk and you will have no reservations. Now, don't go out of here and thinking that's it. I'm going, I'm going to go down there, man, on Jefferson. I'm going to find that homeless dude I saw. You bet. That's the Holy Ghost got to tell you to do that. Don't be going trying to look for somebody and all that. 
You got to just be available. Just understand how this works. Understand that it's God. That way you'll be open and you're going to find yourself. Listen, and that's why I'm, I'm pushing this outreach and, and, and I'm encouraging you to come participate. But you guys might think it's just going to be we're all out. And, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to go out. But this thing cannot be contained. You're going to be winning people at the grocery store. Come on, somebody. You're going to be winning people at Walmart. You're going to be going up in restaurants trying to just enjoy your meal, and you might get the waitress saved. I'm just saying, this thing is going to kick off like this because this is what this world needs. This world needs the kingdom to be on display. And we need to be those that are willing to let God's power flow to us. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that you bless us to be here. We thank you for the power of your truth. We stand on it and we know your truth prevails in all circumstances and in all situations. I bind the devil and I cancel his plans against all these people here and those that are watching or anyone who may hear this message at any time. We decree and declare and establish that the power of God will prevail in everyone's life. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're watching this. Maybe you don't know Jesus. You never said yes. Well, he's standing at the door and he's knocking. As we learned today, nobody can push you in. But I believe the Father will draw you according to his word. He will draw you. And you will feel that tugging at your heart. And you will feel that, ah, I just need to surrender. I need to give my life over. I need to do this. Now, some of you may say, well, you know, I did that when I was a young kid. Well, but what's going on now? See, some of you know right now that there's a level that God's taking you to and you've uh, refuse to press into that. So I want to encourage you. Open up your heart. Let him speak to you. Let him touch you. Let him draw you. That's what he's doing right now. He is drawing. He says, I will draw all men unto me. No man can come to the Father unless, or no man can come to me, Jesus said, unless the Father draws him. So he's pulling right now. He's tugging at your heart to come in to the kingdom. If that's you and you're here, Well, every head is bowed, eyes are closed, raise your hand. Let me see your hand. Now, what you don't want to do is walk out of here unsaved. What you don't want to do is listen to me and listen to this whole message and turn it off unsaved. Here's what happens. If you die in your sins, you will go to hell, which means you will be eternally separated from God. There is no chance of redemption for you at that time. But what you can do right now is exercise your free will and say, I want Jesus. And he will receive you. And so we're going to pray. And then I'm going to do something else in a moment, but let's pray. Let's all say this so anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please. And fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap for the Lord right there.